Si por que te quiero quieres, llorona quieres que te quiera más. Si ya te he dado la vida, llorona, ¿qué más quieres? ¿Quieres más? Hi. Hi. How, How are, are you doing? I'm good. Good. <laughs> casserole. Do you feel like some? <laughs> no? <laughs> I do. How about a little enchilada casserole podcast? How about a little enchilada casserole? I'm a little full. Everyone. Had Thai food tonight. I'm full. Everyone likes that, though. What? The title or the food? I think the food. I think anything, anything with tortillas. It's the same ingredients. Cheese, enchilada sauce, meat, if, there, if it's available. But cheese is the main thing. I, cheese I has hate, to be. I hate, well, I hate the one with the olives. Like, come on, man. Don't put olives in between the enchilada casserole. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you don't like olives. I love olives. I love any kind of olive. I love them, love them, love them. Those, this place in New York where I used to live, they had a, there was a little deli, but they had an olive bar, you know? And it wasn't a hipster place at all. It was just a cool little uh, Korean-owned place, but they had like nine types of olives on there, and they were so good. And you could test one; you were allowed to test one. And uh, they had like these Italian olives, Cal- you know, of course the Kalamata olives. Then they had these green ones that they were called like uh, picolin or something like that. They were so good. My dad would ruin that olive <laughs> bar. <laughs> one time, my dad when they opened up Ralph's. In Boyle Heights, because Ralph's was the Zodi's before. Zodi was a department store with electronics and clothing. No food, just clothing, electronics. Like you can buy um, a lot of video games there, like Atari, mm-hmm. Alien Attack. But the it was first, a local chain, though. It was a local chain, Zodi's. I don't know how many there were, but there were all one in Hollywood and one in LA. But. What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, I was talking about an olive bar. That we were talking, oh, that we, before so that, that we were talking about. So that turned into a Ralph's giant, and and when that first story came out, Roseanne Bar was like the spokesman of that supermarket. Welcome oh, to the giant Ralph's. Was, she, was this after her sitcom? I think it was before, but I already knew her because she was a stand-up. Yeah, so she was like in the fat moo mode with the curly perm. Yeah, she had the curly perm, um, perm and then she was just, she had, a, she had a big old big drumstick, uh-huh. holding a drumstick for everybody to go shop there. So could you eat, like, did they have like a deli there too, like food? I didn't have a deli, but they did have a lot of the stuff to like um, to weigh, like nuts, candy. You could buy by bulk, and um, my dad was eating everything there. I think he just took a bite of everything, even dog food. He didn't care. <laughs> You're stupid. No, for real, dog yeah, food. Bulk dog food. Bulk dog food. Or there was like those um those um biscuits. You know the biscuits. Oh yeah. They were there. I ate one of those one time when I was a kid. They were pink. My dad yeah. thought it was strawberry. Pink and green. Yeah. Yeah. Why so he ate like one. That? They colored them just like the ice cream cones. Remember ice cream cones in a box? So they were mm, red were and good. white and green ones. Those were the best. Those <laughs> they were the best. They just like those boxes. That's why I ate that. So, okay. Anyway, your dad's picking on so, that. So stuff. my dad picked on all that. 
And I'm pretty sure everyone else did. And like two weeks or three weeks later, they got rid of that stuff. <laughs> it's your dad's fault. <laughs> that was the first Ralph's with no bulk. Hilarious. And then after that, I don't know. I don't know if you know it. If you go to the hood or where was any that? Store, where was that Ralph's? It was on Boyle Heights on Fourth Street. It's a food for less now. Oh, I know where that is. <laughs> I know where that is. Yeah. So most Zodis turned into a Ralph's, and then there was. The Ralph couldn't be in a neighborhood because everybody was eating all the bulk stuff. Everybody Esparza. <laughs> everybody and um, everybody Esparza. And people were, people weren't buying um, lem- people weren't buying limes no more because they couldn't see the limes because they were being covered up by the corn husks. Oh man, do that. But this is a th- okay. Before we get on that tangent, hold on. Your dad had no shame in getting samples or whatever no no shame I learned, I learned it from him yeah you have no shame in samples i i learned to be my ashamed was, of doing that my dad's the king of samples like my dad thinks just because he bought eight pounds of this he deserves <laughs> two ounces but, of free, free stuff to snack on <laughs> but your dad uh would tell you guys not to ask for any food at, when you went to friends houses right yeah so but he didn't care about like doing it at stores and all that stuff hell no it's weird my dad kills me. My dad was like the dad from Talladega Nights. <laughs> and we were those two rough kids. I, I could see that. But uh, yeah, he would, man, my dad had no shame. Like, he'll be in the store, man, walking around, cracking a walnut in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> did, he then, had, did he ever eat out of packages, like the sealed stuff? No, never. Just no, no. Bulk? Just the bulk. And grapes, yeah. you know, strawberries. Yeah. You know, cause there, anything you could grip grab on he'll, yeah. he'll start eating it it's like that lily tomlin thing i always try to find and show you but i don't think i've ever found it it's hard to find because it's snl it was one of those short films where she plays uh, she plays uh i can't remember the name not ernestine it's like enid something she's a housewife in the midwest and yeah, she's, she's sampling going, everything. she's going grocery shopping to show you how to save money and she's like shaking the grapes and then whatever falls in her hands, hey, hey, that's free. You know, that fell off those things. I always, those bunches. I used to always do that, like when we were like at big stores, like Kmart or Sears, Walmart, I guess. Like, if if there's a package of donuts, and it's already open, it's a free for all. <laughs> like somebody opened. As it? long as I didn't open it. <laughs> what because if they came up to you and they thought you? Were I didn't it? open it. <laughs> Can't prove no, I don't care. I check didn't open it. Yeah, check the tape, man. <laughs> that uh, that was like uh, as long as someone else opened it, I'm gonna get one. Interesting. Like nothing, like nothing. Like I want to eat something that people are gonna notice. Like oh, this fool, <laughs> your this mouth fool, is covered. This fool sugar. ate powdered donuts, or he did a bump <laughs> by the milk section. So my nose is all covered oh, with powder. And I said, did you just do a bump by the milk section? Or did you eat that whole donut? I remember one time, man. Only one time. And that's the only time I ever had that type of donut. The powdered? The powdered donut with a raspberry Best. around. Oh, no. The hostess one. Oh, the zingers. No. No, no. It was a powdered donut, but it had like raspberry around it, around the, around the rings. Never saw that. Never saw that. I just saw powdered. No, the powder one does have the, the big powder. Uh, Hostess makes big powder donuts with raspberry, raspberry, raspberry with raspberry. Sounds made up. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up, people, right now. That Hostess, I'll check it while you keep talking. Hostess white powder donut with raspberry 
and the raspberry is around um, around the, the outside. Yeah, around the, the outside, not the middle. And it's weird. And it was Hostess. open, and I took a bite of it. Man, it felt like I don't know, man. I wanted to turn around no. and get another bite. Correction. These are Hostess raspberry filled powder donuts. Yes, that one. Only Formerly have, Hostess O's. Formerly Hostess O's. But it doesn't look like Let it looks see. like they're filled. Hold on. They're filled from the, from the side. No, they're filled throughout the ring. Yeah, like throughout this. the ring, only the ring. But yeah. it's inside. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's good. Those I don't good. really like a raspberry. I like a lemon, custard. Fuck, those are my favorite. I miss donuts. So that's what I, I taught I, your son, huh? Samples. He has no shame in samples, which <laughs> I'm really happy about. <laughs> he does it. He did a good job there. We used, to, we used to go to the mall, and I said, and I, we used to go to the mall. To the and, chicken wing and, place. Chick, oh, yeah. Which is no wing, longer open, coincidence. The chicken wing place. And I go over there. and um, This is when we were not vegan. We were not vegan. And this is place opened up. It's closed now because, you know, <laughs> I, we should, me and I, we same, shut it down. For the same reason, the Ralph yeah. stopped having the bulk section. So they'll, they'll give you one wing sample every time you go there. So... First of all, I no, would No, they go, did like two in a little bowl. It was nice a nice little sample. A, a little sample. It was good. Garlic. Two drumettes, right? Drumettes. <laughs> yes, they were tiny. Garlic. It was garlic, like peppery, sesame. sesame. Uh-huh. It was good. And I would bring... I, I Come on, let's go get some chicken wings. He just wanted wings. He didn't care. So I would get mine and give it to him. And then like we'll go walk around and go get some orange chicken. And then wait a while. <laughs> and then we see a new person showed up. Let's go there and get more chicken wings. <laughs> it's a new shift. A new shift. Man, that was funny. He just he was just like, they give you wings here. You just ask for it. Or his chicken. And I was like, Yeah, I don't ask for stuff. I just don't I know I don't know what it I is. Even get I a think free it's a shame shameful thing from when I was a kid. He's not even ashamed because he knows now they give free samples that um how they're gonna stick, you get a little lemonade. <laughs> oh, they will give you a little like green or red lemonade, yeah. <laughs> Man, the you get the little le- you get that little lemonade whether I'll get cherry, no matter what I get cherry. I, I get green all the time. Well green is good. <laughs> they're all good. Oh, man, green is good. The lime, yeah. Lime lemonade. It's so sweet. It's I can have me right sweet. now. Yeah, it's too sweet right now. I could have me right now with a cutting candy, man, and go to a diabetic attack. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, but I don't know. I think when I was a kid, you know, I told you stories about how we had no money and uh, and I would steal from, I don't know if I told this on the podcast yet, but I would steal, I would shoplift at the convenience store down the street. You show them your panties? Never. I was like eight. Oh. Gross. Mm-hmm. No, you know, there's there's I, men like that. Oh, I know there are. There's men like that. They own little little stores, especially if the guy that actually own the store. He just works there. Yeah, yeah. Come on, me. He thought, let me see your <laughs> little baby feet. Never. Ew. And you know, I, I encountered one person one time who was, who now thinking about it, back about it. Well, no, wait, two. Ugh. One, I was in an arcade, and I was probably twelve. I was with my grandmother, my mom, but I was by myself on the corner. And this dude comes up. He's about my height, and I was only 12. He must have been tall. <laughs> no, he's probably 5'5". Five, five. He was little because I was a girl still. But he came up to me, and he asked me if uh, I wanted to play more video games. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of video games at his house. And I was like, well, I, honestly, I didn't even think anything of it, what he was saying to me because he was maybe early 20s probably. And... Uh, 
and he didn't he didn't seem odd to me so i just said oh well let me go ask my mom and grandma if i can go i didn't mean it like get the fuck out of here i know you're a pervert i meant it like let me go ask my mom and grandma if it's okay (laughs) (laughs) so it was an innocent reply like oh that sounds like an interesting idea i'll go ask them but once he heard that he disappeared he left the whole place and um he was gone like a flash and because you know i was asking my grandmother and mother he had other things in mind but i didn't think about it till years later i didn't realize that anyway so yeah at the gas station i would shoplift stuff it was a gas station convenience store and they had a pretty good convenience store and uh so i would take like moon pies and stuff we didn't eat at home and i would eat that on the way home before i got home but other stuff I had, um, I, t- I took, we made to eat at home. And my mom never really questioned where I got that stuff. One time from my brother's, I think my mom was on a date or something. I bought, I stole a whole pizza. Damn. I put it down my pants in the back. Like, on my, well, it was like between my pants and my back, my shirt. Yeah. But I had these parachute pants on. It must on be it. Cecilia, flat one, huh? <laughs> a square one? It was a square. Uh, oh! It was no. It was a, it was a square frozen box, and it was um, nice. Uh, Red Baron. My friend Hong. My friend Hong. You know, yeah, my friend Hong. Though um, we had um, his sister on the What's a Fool podcast. Oh yeah, Milani. Milani. He she's, uh, she's, we were, he stole a whole rose rose no, a whole rosis. What do you say? Rotisserie. Rotisserie chicken, a warm one. Where did you put it? No, he did. Well, when he Hong, was... Hong did. He, oh, her brother. Yeah, her brother. Her uh-huh. little brother stuffed it inside his shirt and walked out. That fool <laughs> had 30 degree hot? burns, oh, but... 30 degrees. But we ate that fucking chicken in the parking lot. 30 degree burns. <laughs> oh, my God. They didn't even come out to the parking lot? No, it was like, no. They didn't, they didn't come get us. He stole oh, it. he didn't notice. They, nobody noticed it inside. No. Wow. He just stuffed it under his shirt and walked out. It was in a cover, I guess, right? Yeah. Damn. It was plastic wrapped yeah. and all that, aluminum foil. So um, you said that you, you, one time you and your friend, you guys stuffed your bras with stuff you stole? <laughs> no. We just stuffed our bras from the house to try to act grown. How we big were How did the idea start? That wasn't what I was talking about. Oh, about shoplifting. I was talking about shoplifting oh. and how it led to maybe feeling ashamed to ask for samples and stuff. But I would shoplift all this food and stuff. Maybe there's just this guilt. I don't know what it is. But I have that feeling... That when I like when I shoplifted, I have that feeling if I ask for samples. I feel like Peter Griffin, like I need to have a disguise every time. Well, you're gonna have to tell you no. Yeah. I feel like they're gonna tell me no. But that now I know what that job entails and you wanna give samples out. I mean, you don't want some kid sitting there eating fifty things, right? You know? Because you do have to you have a certain number to use for your samples. But a lot of them go in the trash, like every 10 minutes or whatever, however often they make them, like little pizza rolls and stuff like that. I think the bigger the mall, the better the samples. I didn't even know you could get samples in a food oh, court in a mall until I met you. I didn't know that was possible. Like there's some samples in the store of packaged items they're trying to, you know, make for you. Trader Joe's, I don't have a problem getting samples there. But other places, it's just like they don't want me to have them or they look down on me. I don't know. So... But I didn't know you could go to, to a food court and ask for samples. You asked for samples anywhere. The mole stand. I didn't know you could taste mole. Like You don't know what's up. That's why. <laughs> when we went to the we mole We went to go stand. buy mole at Grand Central Market. I picked a good one. 
It was a good mole, man. But they had that Oaxacan neg- negro, um, the black mole, which was extra chocolate. Oh, my God. They had... I got to put that on some sweet tamales. That Oaxacan mole with people, it was dark. It was dark. It, it was you like can see in the mud. bottom, yeah. like black mud in the bottom, this oily goo yeah. of deliciousness <laughs> was coming out the, the bottom yeah. of the mole. And um, we asked her what it was, and she said it was pretty much chocolate and something else, right? Mostly chocolate. And then there was another one that was just mole that was just made with, she said, está hecho de almendra. And it was mm-hmm. kind of red. Almond paste, yeah. Almond paste. Then the green one. The green one was interesting. Was made with pumpkin paste, yeah. she said. The calabaza. The calabaza. Yeah, she, uh, that was good. So but you, it was a little weird. So you didn't know you can sample right there no, the mole, huh? No, you tasted all of them. So there you go. You could taste all the mole. You get a she, toothpick full. She's been there 40 years. <laughs> yeah, since the 70s, she said. Her wow. dad started it. In that same spot. And hopefully enough people buy from her at Grand Central Market. Enough people buy from her so she can afford the rent because it's going to go up when her lease is up yes. on that stand. Because it's turning into Hipster Central down there in that market. It's sad. There's no more sawdust on the floor. No. Saritas is there, the pupusa place, the China, the China Inn. <coughs> And then that um, the kebab place. place. And the place too was the um, sopes or the gorditas, whatever they're called. Ana Maria's. I don't think I right there, but yeah, that's. Still I passed by. And I told they them like hi. you, yeah. They say hi to you all the time. That place is like they make this like. Um, I didn't know they made sopes there. They make. I always this, see meat. There's a ton of meat. They make this um, sopes, but they cut it. I don't know if it's sopes or gorditas. Which one the one you cut in half? Gorditas. You make the a little sopes, sandwich. The sopes are like a tray, a little yeah. tray so with a the, lip on the side. Right here, they've been making gorditas probably just for as long as I've been a kid there. And they make their, their own masa. They fry it up and they open them up and the lady stuffs beans inside right away. Mm. It's corn-based, right? Corn-based. Yeah. She stuffs stuff beans, pork meat or carne asada, mm-hmm. lettuce. And they always put a goop of ma- of sour cream and cilantro and onions. Sounds good. It's good, <laughs> man. I don't think I think that place is gonna stay there because that place is the only place. It's always got a line in downtown LA that still sells good gorditas. You don't buy. You don't. You, don't, you can't get gorditas. They sell a lot of roast meat too. All sorts of meat there. Oh, the other meat places there, there the too. The butcher shop. The place. butcher shop. That's a little hipster now, though, too. Yeah. It seems a little uh, dream of the nineties from. Portlandia. I know, man. It's a little bit like that sketch. We got ox if you want ox. <laughs> we have mutton to go yeah, with my no, mutton and, and Those girls, they look like mutton girls, huh? Remember? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what they need there, man? As a, as a, as a, as a sketch, they need the guy there milking a fucking cow <laughs> and, giving out, and giving out samples. <laughs> Just squirting them in people's mouths. That'll be a fucking <laughs> no <cup>. good sketch. <laughs> Put your head down. We got OG <laughs> organic milk. And we have a for have a cow there, and what you do to announce it, you have the cow walk around, flash it with the cowboy going ding dong ding dong. <laughs> it's <funny>. time. <laughs> then a guy gets on a little baby stool and starts milking the cow and giving out a milk. little baby stool. That would be funny. That'll be funny. That'll be funny, man. <laughs> People are gonna steal this idea. We got. I had a ramen soup, a vegan ramen soup with a oh, yeah. vegan egg. That, that was man. Weird. That kinda, egg just dissolved. It kind of melted in your mouth. <laughs> like those peanuts, the packing peanuts, when you yeah. throw them in water, they just like turn into more. Protein was zero. Oh, yeah, zero protein. It was a weird thing. I didn't eat that. I ate those poutine fries, which were not, I don't know about that place. 
But yeah, the market, man. the market's cool. If you ever get a chance to go there, it's uh, on Hill. It's on Fourth. Let's see. It's a big square on Third Street Third downtown Street. between Hill and and Broadway. It yes. goes all the way through. If you start on the Hill and go into the outside, it's got like an open air market. You go through, you see all the little shops, you see some produce, all that stuff. You eat some food, go to the bathroom, look at the little 99 cent store downstairs, and then you leave out the other side, you'll hit Broadway. And it's cool. And right next door, there's a place also that's been there for like 50 years, maybe 100 years now. No, it can be 100. What, Angel's Fly? No, the place next door to the Grand Central Market where they got that fried shrimp, they got you sick. Oh, yeah. That shit was good, though. It gave me the hives. <clears throat> I never had hives in my life. I got them twice eating that shit. This place has shrimp. You brought it home to me. I think they're the shrimp special for five ninety five, and they give you six jumbo shrimps with a lot of masa, a lot a of flour, a lot of deep fried uh, batter. Yeah, oh my god, of, it's like a big it's like a donut. Beer it's like a yeah. big donut with one shrimp inside, <laughs> yeah, and you get six of them. Yeah, and the salsa, the salsa they got is amazing, and they give you a lemon, <laughs> and they give you these fries that are so greasy, man. Yeah. And, and it's five nine, and they give you a soda. You were, so nice. you were so nice to bring me those shrimp, but we were just dating. We were just kind of starting dating, and you brought um, me like four shrimp. That means you ate two. That's before I knew about health codes <laughs> and all that shit. You that probably sat in the car for like four know, hours, and that's why I got the hives. I didn't know back then you could you could travel <laughs> with greasy ass. Fl- um, it was a big jumbo shrimp. You brought them to me at work, so that yeah. wasn't like nighttime. That's how I wrote, man. Now I'm thinking how. You had no regard for my Never welfare. done that for anyone. Yeah, but you had no regard for my health. You I know, didn't know, man. Me. I could have killed kids <laughs> with that shrimp. Those shrimps yeah. would have killed a shrimp boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my little Ike shrimp boy. I, I, I was thinking about it right now, that um, if I should have that cookie with this coffee or not. Bring the, the, bring the cookies out. I, I didn't work out all week. Bring the cookies out and get me some. I know I didn't either. Well, I... I just wasn't feeling up to it, and I was out of breath a few times. Um, why don't you go get? I'll go get them right now. And I want the what kind we have. We have um, we they don't sponsor us, but we have these lemon cookies and these other ones that taste like peanut butter. <laughs> All right, we're back. We got cookies. She got cookies and almond milk. Yeah, these, these lemon Oreos. They're so good. They're too sweet. I can have like three. Oreo just doesn't give a fuck no more, huh? They're just gonna just come out with any. They're gonna top lace potato chips. That's right. <clears throat> you like the red velvet ones, huh? I'm burned out on red velvet. I like it, it's everywhere. It's ev- red velvet is everywhere, man. It's done. It's over. I think the last dump I took was red velvet. <laughs> Actually, it was blood. It was beets. It was beets. By Dre. Yeah, man. My ass been hurting all day today. I wonder why. You stressed out? I don't know. Maybe I was. Maybe I was stressed out about that audition. Because, you know, the audition ended, my hemorrhoids didn't work, hurt. That's true. But I killed that audition. That's good. Let me tell you something. When I want to play a Mexican, I could do it. That sounds Cuban. I know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't sound like that, do you know? I kind of, I, 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 uh, I messed it up earlier. <laughs> I heard your, uh, your version of it earlier. I was trying to do good. it like, like, like the guy from Hateful Eight. You got a really problem right now. Yeah. A really big problem. But nice. Really big problem right now, but we're gonna take care of it. I didn't see that movie. Man, you wouldn't. And I never it. will. You would not like it. Not just there was a time when I loved Quentin Tarantino, and now is not that time. 
That's you got before, on my nerves, man. That's before his face turned into the Elvis Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Elvis Chuck E. Cheese, that's so weird. Because the Elvis Chuck E. Cheese always like a, looks like a rock and roll pig. Right. Like a top, larger top of his head. I loved um, certain things about Quentin Tarantino movies and then it became too much like Kevin Smith movies and too much explanation. Too much... Uh, when did that start? I don't the, know. The, the explanation of... Um, I feel like maybe it was always there, but like too much dialogue about one topic, you know? I feel like it was always in the, that movie, in his movies, Tarantino's, and also Kevin Smith. But we just never noticed it because it was new back then. You know, independent film was new. These directors were kind of running with it without anybody saying no to them. But who, who started that the long montage of um, nonsense? Because I know Godfather, there's no like long version. I can't think of something in the past. I, but um, if I sat and thought about it, I'd probably come up with something. But there's... Too much uh, focus on one trivial subject, like Madonna songs, right? In the beginning of that was, Reservoir I Dogs. love Reservoir Dogs, but um, I love Reservoir Dogs, but uh, but these gangsters wouldn't be breaking down no Madonna song. Fuck no! First of all, that's someone would have said, "Shut problem. the fuck up already with a fucking Madonna song." <laughs> I know. Well, that's what that guy finally says. I got Madonna's dick in my right ear, and whatever in my left. But when um, I feel like there's too much explanation about a trivial topic and people don't talk like that in real life, you know? Maybe he did in the comic book store, but they don't sit and talk about, like, you know, a, an action figure or a character, you know, or something like a superhero and just break it down give you the history back and forth, you know? Or construction workers, like in <laughs> clerks. Yeah. Italian guys, you know, they they, they wouldn't compare a job to the building of the Millennium Falcon. I think it's right. And I think there any clerks. You didn't see yeah, it, huh? I walked out of clerks. Well, in clerks And I was the, only nineteen, I think, when it came out. In clerks I, I didn't get it, it then so I got it now that wait a minute, we don't need, need this whole scene here. <laughs> and I know, I'm no, I'm I'm no movie editor or movie guy, but he said um there was a scene in clerks where they just talked keep rambling about um about um it was stupid because they, you know how in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back they're still building the Empire, yeah, the Death, Death Star, Star. Mm-hmm. and they said that um, you know they, they had, the whole point was they they said that the question they were asking each other was those workers that were working on building the Millennium Falcon they knew what they were doing, and then and they kept talking right. about that they knew what the job <laughs> was they had you know the Millennium Falcon you they know, knew how at, important the how job important was. was they're at yeah. war mm-hmm. so then the, the Italian guy comes in hey man. I knew a guy, man, that was working for a, a construction job for the gangster, you know, and he knew, and he got killed, you know, because they, they went, they put a hit on him, you know. He knew what what entitled, what it, what he, what the job entailed. Anyway, so yes. Oh, what was the movie we were watching the other day? Was it Ben Affleck? Somebody was narrating. No, 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 no. It was Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces. Oh my God, there that's was so a movie. Much in it. That's on a movie with too much <laughs> narration. The whole, okay, you think like it was like they're going to spend five minutes of exposition, right? Explaining, setting the premise, building some characters, or at least introducing most of the major characters. Maybe it's because there are twenty characters in that movie, but it just never ended. It was it just kept going on and on about 
this guy, he pulled a scam that was never heard of before, blah, 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 and this lady, and then it her, gives her backstory, and they just keep going and going, and the music's playing underneath, and it looks like a music video. People are so going you to want to take this job because I heard that they, they gave the job to Lisa from, from Dayton, Ohio. She's already on a bus on the way to Los Angeles to take on smoking aces. But it, Who is this girl? Oh, you don't know Lisa? She's the one that blew up the two high schools. You know, the bullshit, you know, yeah, make up. just giving you this crazy story, backstory. Everybody's got a crazy backstory. So many different characters you're introduced. You're throwing at me right now. And another, it lasted for 10 minutes. I know we're talking too much about movies, but um, yeah. it's not a movie <laughs> podcast. But um, this one scene that, um, this one scene where um, one of those redneck guys, they kill, they kill somebody in a movie. I don't know his name. I think it's uh, Ryan Reynolds, but I'm not sure if it's him. And um, what through the whole scene, after they shoot them all, they start playing um, a slow music, like southern music, music that I heard on Clean and um, everywhere in um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. When those Civil War soldiers were all killed and they start playing a little hymn, they start playing the same hymn. It's weird. Like, I don't know. It was just. I don't know we're rambling too much about this, but yeah, there was just too much <laughs> bullshit backstory in that movie. It's just explanation, explanation, explanation. But I feel like Quentin Tarantino did that. Kevin Smith does it. And everybody tells me, oh, no, 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 watch Dogma. Dogma's the worst. I can't even make it to Chris Rock. And then everybody says that's a bad part too. Best movie with no narrative that showed you where you saw exactly all these gangs and you knew who they were without the... Narrated, telling you who the fuck they were, and you knew who they were crazy. Then at the end, then during, in the, and then in the, when the when the movie started, you knew that all these gangs were going after the fucking warriors, and you didn't need an explanation <laughs> didn't need who to. the fuck they were. You didn't know. Nobody need to tell you who these baseball motherfuckers yeah. were. They were the fucking furies. That's yeah. it. You knew they were fucking crazy, yeah. and you knew that there was a hundred gangs going after yeah. the warriors. Imagine if the same guy who did Smokey Naces would have shot the Warriors. That movie would have been five hours long. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like the Warriors. Every time you see the Warriors, you, you, in your head, you know exactly what gang was going after the Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Riffs. And you knew they were on their way somewhere. You didn't quite know where. Hey, boppers. You, know, you didn't know they were going to a rumble or whatever. You were living there, right, when that happened? Uh, no. <laughs> I was like six when that movie came out. Six. I must have been four. Liar. I didn't work out this week. Didn't run. Didn't do anything. You did work out on Monday. On Monday, I did mm-hmm. last Monday. This past Monday. Yeah, I, I did. I, I swam twice yesterday, and I did lift weights. You went, didn't you? No, I didn't. So Friday, maybe. Friday, I did. Yeah. Friday, and then last week, so three so times. So you skipped three days. So I gotta get something in there. Anyway, um. Talk, let's go back to the um, corn husks. Oh, yeah. Corn husks. How did we get away from corn husks? Because we just kept talking about stuff. Oh, yeah. So Quentin Tarantino came in and wrote. So that husks. Ralph's that opened up with a, it's called Ralph Giant by Ralph's. They called it the Giant. Oh, wow. And that we, um, people just like Mexican people and like, I would say Latin American people, we like ripping our corn husk off the corn at the supermarket it's very strange coming from ohio where corn is like everywhere 
It's strange to see it treated like that in the store. It's weird. It's a sin, they might say. No, well, it's kind of weird because that husk, that husk keeps your corn moist and fresh. It's like a little condom. It's like a little protection with the silk. Once you take out that silk, air gets in there and starts drying it out. If you take the husk off, you have to make that corn today, right? I guess most people are getting it for today. I don't really know. I buy for the whole week usually when I go to the store. So, but I've never have seen in Ohio, I don't think I've ever, ever in my life had seen people. Uh, they have trash cans out for that purpose. The store just put them out because people started tearing off the husks. I, it's a weird thing. I bet you my grandmother didn't do that. I bet my grandmother would, even, would save probably the husk and dr- for it to dry up to make the molly or something. Probably. But your grandmother probably would have been buying and picking corn maybe, maybe even growing it. She would have been making it that day. So it's different. Listen, man, just because I have 39% Native American doesn't mean she was out there with a, with a hole and a baby on her back. I never said that. I'm saying she was I'm just saying. in an era where they had gardens. My grandmother had her own garden. You my know? Gra- my, actually, that but it grandma, stopped after the, my grandmother. My mom didn't grow anything. My grandma, my 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 uncle, <clears throat> I don't know why, but he always talked to my dad about he grew corn in the backyard, peanuts, yeah. and beans. But his main thing was beans. My grandmother grew green beans. She grew cucumbers, which she pickled. For the fall, my grandmother actually did canning and shit. She would. You could she can would, it. Yeah, we had a little grapevine. Can what? Like je- jelly? Jelly. Yeah, she'd make mm. jelly, or she'd like cook peaches. But she only grew peaches like two years. I think the tree died or something like that. It rotted, and then. Um, but she grew strawberries, and she would cook them up with sugar and pectin, which is like a little thing you use to make uh, jelly and stuff, jam. <clears throat> it makes pectin. it kind of thick. You know, it's a thickener. And um, she would, she would make that stuff and can it with wax and a little seal in the mason jar. Yeah, so yeah, we like putting our, we like cleaning our corn there at the supermarket. Weird. Never saw that before. I think it's also to check people are checking for stuff, like to make sure it's fresh. It's fresh, but if you leave it alone, it'll be fresh. You know, <laughs> I mean, sometimes the little silk is dyed, you know, and the top little kernels are dried. But so we started off the podcast with a song. A gut-wrenching song from Frida. Oh, yeah, that came out in Frida. If you watch that movie, Frida, it's the scene where where, where she, she gets heartbroken, I think, for the last... Because her husband has an affair with her sister. With her sister, you know. You, you got to keep it in she the family. She walked in on him. <laughs> and she walked in on him. Frida did. Frida Kahlo. And, um, her sister was psycho, by the way. Yeah, and she was just out of a bad marriage or whatever and staying with them. So he manipulated her too, because Diego was a player. He came in there with, um, <laughs> "I'm gonna paint you." Yeah, that's all. He said, that's, "That's how you get them." Maybe some chili con carne. That's <laughs> like the photographers, the fake photographers. No, painting and chill. <laughs> painting and chill. That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. No, man. Cut that, yeah, man. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, we started with that song. And um, it's because it, we're a little sad today. Yes, we're very sad today. Very sad today because we went to the doctor. But we had to put a lot of stuff into the podcast before we get to the point. 
But we went to the doctor, and uh, the baby doesn't have a heartbeat anymore. <laughs> so, baby is no longer. But I have to have. I have to. We're really sad. But you know, we knew. I'm a little older, and we announced it a little early. But once we heard Too that early. heartbeat, well, but once we heard that heartbeat, he said it was exciting. Yeah, it was exciting, and he said now there's less of a less than a two percent chance of losing the baby. And, uh, you know, I'm bummed, but I know how the body works and just wasn't ready. But it's sad nonetheless. How do you feel? I was, I was sad immediately as soon as, like, um, when you put that thing inside. And then, like, as soon as I didn't hear nothing. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, then he said, he, what did he say? He said that. Um, he said, I'm concerned because I don't see a heartbeat. Yeah. And then he turned up the sound, and there was no heartbeat. And I said, put it louder. <laughs> I said, hire it. Hire it. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, we're a little sad, but, you know, I'm practical. So I got to think it's completely normal and actually kind of expected because, you know, we didn't get pregnant for like three years. And then we did. Yeah, I was holding back tears at the doctor's office. I know, I saw your I felt like a, I felt like when my dad yelled at me, and I gotta, I gotta hold my, hold my face and not cry because my dad's gonna hit me more. Which doesn't ever make sense. Yeah, I don't so understand like, that. <laughs> and then I was sad all the way home. I know, babe. So I hit two dabs. <laughs> That was sad or stone sad, which is worse. Poor baby. <sighs> yeah, yeah, so no baby. Yeah, so there's but no baby in there. I feel Well, weird. there is a baby in there, but... It's going to come out. It's going to come out. Very soon. Which is weird, knowing that there's a dead baby inside me. Just sitting there. And your body don't know. Hanging, and my body hasn't figured it out yet. I still feel pregnant. I was still nauseous as of two days ago. You know, breasts are still sore. Tired. <laughs> Tired. But, um, you know, my body will figure it out soon. I haven't really chosen. I mean, maybe I'll pass it in the next few days um, naturally. I told him we'd think about it. He didn't seem too urgent to make a decision. And how many months were you? I was 10 weeks, so two over weeks. two months, two, two, months. two um, and a half months, <clears throat> which is still early, you know, but once you pass, once you get that heartbeat and my hormone levels were high, you know, it was good. So uh, all signs were pointing to a baby, but this didn't work out. But it's weird. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should pass it um, naturally, let it, you know, wait. But then if it happens when you're not here, which is probably likely because you're working a lot on the road. But if you're not here and it happens, I don't want to tell you, <laughs> you know, and ruin your weekend out there wherever you are. But maybe I should. Was you going to be fine, though? I hope so. That's another thing I have to... Make sure, uh, you know, I've got my phone with me and stuff, so <clears throat> I can call the hospital or 
get out there. Marcel is in town this weekend, and I'll call her if I need help or Yeah, I, start, I started crying in the bathroom <laughs> when I heard that other song, um, that Mexican song. Which Niño is Perdido. Niño Perdido. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew what that song meant till today. Can you believe that? Yeah. Then when you, then it, when you start thinking about it, it got even sadder, you know, because um, the whole song is um, it's it's called the, the Lost Kid, and the way the, the way the song is played, um, <clears throat> these mariachis are playing at the concert. They're playing like. Whatever. And then from far away, the trumpet player comes in, real far away, playing his part of the song. And that's it's like a solo sound. It's a solo sound. And it's supposed to be a far away sound. And that's supposed to be the last kid. Looking for his mom. Looking for his mom. So at, at the end of the song, they're playing together because the lost kid found his mom. Yeah. And they're playing. We'll probably play a little bit at the end. Yeah. I'll play it right now. But that song was sad too, the one we just listened to. That song, it's just sad. It just hurts, man. You could hear her pain singing. Chavela Vargas, if you ever hear, get to hear any of her stuff. She really started that type of singing that a lot of guys copied, right? Kind of almost sounding drunk and crying in beer sounding, you know? Yeah, what was her name? Chavela Vargas, Isabella Vargas. Isabella Vargas, Chavela Vargas. Yes, I think she's one of the... Back when she was singing, it was before um, she broke a lot of barriers getting into yeah. men's music, you know. And she has she has one of the original voices that sounds like you're, you're drunk, but that's really her voice. Mm-hmm. You know, like Lupio Rivera, he has that voice like "Tú sabes que yo te That's the way he sings, mm-hmm. but he's faking it. Yeah. yeah, hers comes from her gut. You can feel it. Every song is like a punch to the stomach. Like that's the song that's playing. That La Llorona is playing. In that scene where Selma Hayek, it's like a montage of her breaking down after he cheats on her for the last time. And she decides to leave him. And it just, she gets drunk. She gets wasted at the bar. Then she has a liquor bottle at home. Then she chops her hair off. And that song is playing in the background the whole time. Women do that. How they want to change their life? They cut their hair off? Sometimes, yeah. Britney Spears did it. Yeah. My daughter did it. Yeah. You know, Lenny Kravitz did it after his mom died, and uh, he actually looked better. But he, he looked okay. he looked like an OJ. Oh, yeah, he looked like OJ. Yeah, uh, Lisa. He, My he black went OJ. To, he went over to her house, Lisa Bonet's house, after they were divorced. <clears throat> they stayed friends, and um, they said, "You need a change, you know, in your life." And they offered to cut his hair, and uh, <sighs> she cut his hair off. And and he said he just he did feel like this weight off of him. How did you feel like when a doctor, when when you, you know, it's your body? I know you must have felt different than me, but when he told you that, um, about the bad news. Well, I had to shift to practical mode. Yeah, right away. You, you shift good, man. I had to do that. 
Me, I would have been like, motherfucker, I think, <laughs> I think it was your fault when you poked me last time. No. No. I've been through it before. It's fine. I know that. Imagine a doctor going to tell this every day to people. I know. He said he just told every the woman day. this morning, that morning. Oh, was she 70? No. <laughs> no. I, I, uh, I don't know. I just shift into, when I am under stress or in a, in a situation like that where it should be emotional, but it's public and maybe, I don't know, I try to get all the facts. I try to just be practical. And I save my emotions for another time. But I'm, you know, I'm sad. What, what do you think? I don't got to tell my mom now. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell her anyway. Yeah, I was sad, man. I was, yeah. I don't know what to do. And then when he, and then I, I got even sad when he, when he, like, he, he, got, he got the little sticker of the little, of the little uh, ultrasound. First ultrasound, and he had it in the file. Yeah. And then the second one, he took it out, right? And he took out that one, he put it in his file. Yeah. I took a photo of it, too. Yeah. It was a little bigger, but it looks like it um, stopped growing about a week and a half ago. A week ago. <laughs> and I am pro-choice, so, but I did feel a lot. I'm pro-choice. And, you know, honestly, you know, I told you I, I had an abortion. When I was nineteen, murderer. When I was nineteen, murderer. And um, I hope they tell you that murderer on the I way know, out. On the way out, on the way in, they wanted to help me, help me, help me. We'll help your baby. And then on the way out, they were, they could, they couldn't have said any worse stuff. It's funny how the, the people who are against like a woman's choice, I guess, you know, they're they're all for, you know, don't do that. But then there's not. A, the amount of people who are, are are against, you know, a woman's choice, it's not, it's so far bigger than the amount of people who are going to willing to adopt a baby and make sure that baby, that unwanted baby has a good life. There's not, not that many people for that. It's very sad how many kids are in foster care and... It's and so sad. ...not being adopted or sitting in an orphanage and not being I adopted. I know, like... And then they grow out of the system. We've known we've known people who've outgrown the system, you know. Mariano Mendoza. Tiffany. Well, Tiffany had her grandmother after they were in foster care, but you know, nobody. I don't think she, she ever was looked at as being adopted. She talked about uh, Tiffany Haddish. She talked about how the, um, her foster parents just cared about that check and put them all to work as slaves in the house. Yeah. Did you see that ABC story I, I, I um, reposted? I don't know about what. It was the one about um. It's it's sad. It's sad. Um, and uh, that um, when you know when when um when people have babies and they put them up for adoption and they're newborns. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so many you know the babies who are up for new newborns that are up for adoption and newborns who are going to go to foster care. But they need people. To um, take care of these babies. Oh yeah, I they they, that. they need volunteers to feed the newborns and give them loving care. Giving loving care for like four months till they get adopted. Yeah. and these these people volunteer. You know, they go. They, they, it's a background check, so these people are not going to go to a molester because they monitor the baby. Well, not a molester who's got a record. Yeah, least. not a molester with a record at least. You know, so so they take these little newborns. You know, on that don't have no mom and father, and they these these people they watch them they this old man said this is old man who, who has a little baby and he said that he sings to the baby he plays music for him and he plays music for him mm -hmm. and it's a sad it's an old man holding this little baby 
that he's going to have to give up in five months. Mm-hmm. And he said he feels alive. He feels alive with a little baby. With a baby, yeah. You know, it makes me sad, you know, is that baby going to remember no. that he was loved by this old man or maybe not consciously, a, but sad person? Because all these people who are getting these, they're lonely people. They, cool. Maybe they won't consciously remember it, but it will help them in the long run. It helps them grow. They feel loved. You, know, you need love to grow. It helps them feel right? loved um, and secure in the first, you know, few months, and that's important in the development of the rest of their brain. You know. I wonder what state that was. I don't know, but yeah, it's you know, I've, I'm pro-choice too, but I'm not pro-abortion, and I don't, you know, I'll probably get a lot of hate tweets and all that stuff, but I don't care. Um, it, it's my life, and it's what happened. But it's not a choice I would make myself again. But I'm not going to tell some other woman what she needs to do because that's her life. But I wouldn't choose it again. I had my son. I chose, you know, I planned my son out, and I kind of planned this baby out too. And we will keep trying um, after this. And Let's try it for the podcast. <laughs> it won't work. I have a new baby, and they go in there and go, sorry, mom, you're going to move out, homie. <laughs> So yeah, I gotta either I have to either let it pass naturally, or it was, take pills. It was hard for to me make it happen, or or DNC, and I, yeah. I can't decide. It was hard for me because we already had I had named it, and and I was talking about it like it was it's already a person that wasn't even here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was sad, man. It was sad, but the doctor says we're get loaded now. No, I'm just what? Don't talk like that. I'm just kidding. Please don't talk like that. No, I'm worried. I don't want you to be on the road like that. Nah. But it was sad. It was sad. There's no denying it. It's part of life, though. Anyway. Anyways. I don't know. I have a lot of notes to talk about, but I don't. they don't really seem appropriate to talk about right now. I was going to talk about how you smell my underwear. Oh. <laughs> Dirty clothes. <laughs> Which... Doesn't seem right right now. I do though. Don't let me do laundry. <laughs> I smell everything. Armpits. That's why I don't like people jeans. doing my laundry. That's, That's why I can never work at a place where I gotta wash people's stuff. Like, like if it's a girl who comes in, um, I have this three pounds of laundry. I want it washed like this. First of all, man, what kind of person will give their underwear to a stranger to wash? Never. Especially if it's all moist. Never. Never. I'll be there smiling though, man. Oh, it's so gross. I'll be leaving some DNA for you to take with you. <laughs> a little sample. <laughs> That's gross. I never, I never, they laundry at my mom's house, so I wouldn't, I can't say that I smelled her underwear, never. I'm glad because I don't, I don't want to that. That's nasty. Gross. I also had notes in here about. Sometimes how I'm afraid to wear certain clothes, certain outfits, because you might make a comment about them. You know, people get, when they go to comedy shows, they always ask. They get afraid that if they sit in the front row, they're going to get made fun of for some reason. And they probably will if they have something weird on, right? Some sort of outfit that calls attention to themselves. Because yes. Like Ali Leroy, Ali Roy, as you said, on the last podcast, the What's Up Fool podcast, he talked about that when a person walks in the bright orange jacket. Yes. You could keep him in your mind. I don't need orange jacket right now, so I'm not going to talk about him yet. But later, 
Yes. I might pull them out of my pocket. I do that. talk about orange jacket. Yeah, well, you I do can't, that a lot. I can't make fun of orange jacket right now because it's going to take away from my material. Right. Like you're on a roll with whatever you, what else you're, you're saying. But once you hit that lull in conversation or in your, in your speech, you know, in your jokes. Yeah. You hit it. You know, your jokes are over and you got to move on to the next topic. That might be a little segue. I can't wear stripes around you. Beetlejuice. Then I'm Beetlejuice. Like... Yeah, I think I got that from my dad. Yeah. Because my my dad, he never gave my mom a compliment ever. It was always a remark. Like if my mom were wearing all red, but <laughs> no, like if my mom was wearing a red dress or something, red shoes, she'd be like this kid is like pinchy carry, okay. Yeah, you said that you guys would follow him around follow them around to yeah. see. My every time my mom would get dressed. <laughs> And then would you Because your mom goes all out. She matches. Yeah. She picks the right jewelry to go. You know, it. she has a little hat sometimes. And then. <laughs> Mom could make a $15 outfit look like 30 <laughs> 30 Yeah, so my mom, my, my, my dad would always make a funny remark about my mom's dress, like in Spanish. So um, whenever my mom would, would, would go, We'll follow my dad around to see what he's going to say next. <laughs> like sometimes my dad will live in the living room and we'll just sit next to him waiting for him to say something. <laughs> kind of like that movie we saw. Who's this, sir? Eat a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stuart saves his Stuart family. Stuart saves his family. One oh of the my funniest God. movies ever made. That movie bombed so hard. <laughs> it sure did. It bombed so hard. The only way you could find it, if you know, the way the only way you can find this movie, Stuart saves his family, is how you have to have. <laughs> It's how bad have, this movie sucks. You have to have the three movie disc <laughs> of Wayne's World, Coneheads, and Stuart Saves. They gotta be family. stuck together. They they are stuck together in a box set, and that is the only place that movie exists. It's the Lauren Lauren it's Michaels, Michael's Lauren Michaels backs. But it's 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 on uh the back of I mean it's it's riding the fame of Wayne's World. Wayne's World is the only successful movie in the yes. pack. And then they throw in for like two cents extra Coneheads and Stuart, Coneheads. And Stuart Saves it's His Family. It's in three movies for nine 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 section. Man, but Stuart Saves His Family is hilarious. It's Al Franken. Al Franklin. Al Senator, Franken. Al Franken, Senator of Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. And, uh, but he was a writer on SNL for years and sometimes appeared. Uh, curly head Jewish guy. He's but a he, janitor in Training Places. He is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and his partner. Yeah, at, uh, Franken and Davis. Franken and Davis. They're in charge yeah. of the gorilla. And in, in, uh, I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys. So Franken, Al Franken. Uh, he plays. He did this character on Saturday Night Live actually, and he plays Stuart Smalley, and he is a uh, self-help. You're good enough. He's not a self-help guru. He's a self-help attendee. He he is a member of twelve. Of, of like 13 different 12-step programs. Eating Anonymous. Yeah. Children, Over, of, children of Alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> Al-Anon. Al-Anon. Yeah, all that stuff. So he's a member of all these 12-step groups, and he just thinks he can solve people's problems by throwing out little, little quips, quotes. Little quips and quotes. Yeah. And But his dad is a fucking bully, and his, his brother... His dad's this fucking bully, man. Kills me. It's a fucking bully, man. But you said it was your dad. That's my like, dad right there, man. <laughs> That's my dad. He'll, my dad will make a funny joke about you, and that'll be your name forever. <laughs> yeah. So he like called... Like, he called me... When I had a studying problem, he called me, Pichi Tartamudo. 
Yeah, it it's uh it's a funny movie though, man. Him and, and uh so it's that guy, the old guy, the dad, and then Vincent D'Onofrio who yeah. plays his brother, who's also a bully and his dad's buddy. You know, they're like buddy buddy. Stewart's his outcast who wears like ladies sweaters or weird little Cosby sweaters and uh he seems effeminate, but you don't. We don't know if he's gay or not. He doesn't talk about that. He, he just. He, he's all. He's like. So, he seems traumatized. So, by traumatized by life, by life yeah. man. And um, there's this scene where his brother gets shot by his dad because <laughs> they were both they were both hunting. They're both loaded, and he shot his son and his chubby ass sister. Right? She's frantically talking on the phone to to Stuart. Um, Stuart. You don't understand. Dad just shot my brother. Dad just shot my brother. <laughs> and his advice with fat ass sister is this: Normally, at a time like this, I wouldn't tell you this, but if you can just find the nearest pound cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that says, "I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me." Like that's if you ever heard that quote, that's where he's it's from. Yeah, man. But and the movie tanked. The movie bomb hard, bomb man. Hard. I but don't it's think it real was- though. I think if it might have been in the theater one day. If you ever been around a family where your dad makes fun of you and the whole family laughs at you, <laughs> this is your movie. That happened to me. <laughs> and that's why I'm a comedian. Yeah, it is why you're a comedian. If that hadn't happened, you wouldn't be working like that. I this. think the funniest, one of the funniest scenes is when they're all kids and they're watching movies, right? And and then there's a contest for... Um, it's like a yeah 50s, a contest back in the 60s. For comment? On TV. Uh, yeah, or Mr. Clean. Or, so there's no, a night. Sir Lancelot. Um, Sir Lancelot. Sir Lancelot. Product or whatever. So they were asking for people to come up with a fucking um, a slogan, and um, the little little stewards came up with. I I got one. I got all one. Sir Clean a lot, and then uh, the dad goes, "Shut up, Sir Eat a lot." <laughs> yeah, because he's pudgy back then. Sir Eat a lot, and then that becomes his nickname, and everybody laughs at him. But then the winner, the winning slogan was, what was it? Sir Lancelot. It was something weird. I don't know. It didn't turn out to be anything clever. I can't remember. It was a funny movie, though. Yeah, man. If you can ever find it. Oh, we were going to talk about saying I love you too soon and not getting the I love you return. Is that for a movie? Well, George says it in Seinfeld, that woman who works with the monkey. She's deaf. And she's... Hard of hearing in one ear. But she, um, he tells her he loves her. And then she says, you hungry? You want to get some food or whatever? She just changes the subject. And then later he says it again because he thinks she didn't hear him. And she says, I know, I I heard you last time. Or you said that last time. (laughs) And he just didn't get an I love you return. Damn. That happened to you? Yeah, with you. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I told you I, that I thought I loved you, and you were like... You thought you loved me. I said, I think I'm in love with you. When did you tell me this, though? One month in? It was a little early, but see, we were older at the time. Yeah. And I figured I knew what I, what I felt, and I knew what I wanted in my life. But I think you thought I had some other agenda or something, you know, or you just weren't ready for that because you were still a player with the two other girlfriends. But anyway, <laughs> yes. 
several. Two other girlfriends and whoever else walked into the club. One was married already, so she didn't count. She didn't even count. She counted. She counted. You're probably listening. You do count me. <laughs> you always count it. If you're listening, you always count it. We were just two lovers with nowhere to meet. Interesting. Is that how you really feel? No. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just joking. Yeah. But I said it too soon to you. Do you think so? Yeah. You said it because like, you didn't say. Where you driving to now? No, you didn't say it for like three months after I said it. I don't and remember. You were, and you were loaded when you said it. it I love it. you. So it didn't count. Oh, I did say it. No, because I said and then. And Would then you say that my house or your house? Your house, and then. Wow, I, I was, you must have meant to think <laughs> that place was filthy. <laughs> and then you said. Uh, That's good. No, you said. Well, you didn't say anything, or you said you do. And then later, uh, you would ask you would ask me to tell you, say you love me. Please say it. And I just felt like saying, "You say you love me? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here?" <laughs> I came over for a booty call at your house, and you're asking me to say I love you. You just wanted to hear it. But see, you just like the attention from the multiple girls saying they love you. But now you love me. I didn't me. know how to end it. <laughs> I do love you. I love you too. I love That's why I'm worried about day. you and a little baby in there who's not going to be a baby. I know. That was sad. I thought you, you were going to be sadder. I am I was sad. trying not to be sad, you know, but I was sad. I, was trying to, I felt like, um, you know, when, you, when you're a kid and they tell you um, over and over, don't cry. Yeah. I'll give you something to cry for. Yeah. So I've never been allowed to actually cry. I know. I know. But it's funny, man, when, when you're not allowed to ever cry, and then when you finally let her go, people don't know that um, you never really cried. So this is your, 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 your cried. I remember seeing motherfuckers crying, man, like crying, yeah. like crying. And like, but they're loaded, right? But they're crying. And I feel like this. But like Joe from fucking family. <laughs> that's what the episode of Family Guy where Joe's crying. And they're all leaving Because he, he let the perpetrator leave. Yeah. And they're all sad. They're, it's, it's uncomfortable when a man's crying, yeah, man. Yeah, that's why men don't cry. Yeah. I remember watching. My dad always say that. Like, it's crazy. It only like, makes you want to cry more. I think I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Like, I want to cry so bad. But then my dad says, don't cry. It's like, I'm trying to hold back. It feels like my, my heart always hurts yeah, after it doing hurts. that. Yeah. It felt, that made me feel like. Feel like um, throw up. It made me feel like. Someone startled me, and I'm still startled, and I can't. Yeah, yeah. Because I would do that to my sons too. Well, my one of my kids, I would say, "Don't cry," but I only told him one time, "Don't cry." And then after that, he was always afraid to cry. Like he just tried to hold it in, and then he started. He starts to not cry the way I not cry. Like just breathing hard. Like. But I feel like I feel like it's. <laughs> I feel like we have the urge to cry for a reason. Why suppress that urge? If it's so overwhelming for people, why not let it out? It's supposed to be there. But there's times you can't cry, man. Like if someone takes your shoes in jail. That's, that's different. <laughs> well, you're going to sit there and cry, man. No, I know that. Took my shoes, I, man. I don't want to prepare my kids for jail, though. Yeah. For jail situations. I think that's what my, my dad was teaching us, how not to cry. So you, so whenever there's a chance not to cry, you won't cry. Like, if somebody takes your shoes. I wouldn't jail. cry if someone took my shoes. 
<laughs> Not okay. anymore. Yeah. I'm pretty, I wouldn't cry. I'd be like, okay, man. I'm going to hope they fit. <laughs> Let me tie them for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, every time I cry as a teenager, oh, you're going to be dramatic again. <laughs> That's my mom. But... Um, I watched my dad cry a lot as a kid, and that was sad. I, I never seen my dad cry. My dad would go out. I seen him shitting himself, and I. <laughs> my dad, um, my dad was uh, well. Again, we'll talk about all this later. But I saw him cry many times. He would leave the house or the apartment or trailer wherever we were living, and he'd go outside and he would cry. And I would go out there and try to make him feel better. I would go out there and try to make him feel better. And it was uh, very sad. Man, it's sad. But what was he crying? Because of hard times? Or just everything was piling up on the his The fights head? with my mom. Oh, that? That? Yeah, man. Nothing, but, nothing hurts more than a woman beating down a man. Well, I haven't talked about that yet. But, yes, my father was... Um, an abused husband. And it's, it's, uh, it's sad. It's sad what, what that could do to you. Six foot five, 200 something pounds, construction worker. And he would go home every day and get in a fight with my mom and not hit her back. And she was violently crazy. And uh, she beat the shit out of him a lot of times. He must have got beat a lot when he was a child. Because usually... Yeah. Well, I think also she pushed the right buttons. Because I don't think his mother had motherly feelings toward him. Or his 12 other brothers and sisters. She was maybe... I don't know her. But I don't know if she was cut out to be a mom. You know? And I don't think she had motherly feelings or treated them in a loving way. And so he's constantly looking for that love. And then he meets this woman at 19 years old who he thinks he's in love with, starts having kids accidentally, but, you know, starts a family. There's a lot of pressure on him. And then she's breaking you down every day, not just physically, but emotionally, verbally. And I remember all these, all the fights, almost every fight. But my brothers, uh, I said that before, that they barely remember their childhood. And they don't remember, well, until recently, my other brother, he remembered flashes of things, of fights or arguments or my dad being sad. But he didn't remember exactly what happened. And so I had, and that's why he left. He left like an abused husband, an abused wife, you know. And there were no services back then for men like that. This was 1980 when he left, I think. I was eight. And I remember the only time I ever heard any reference to battered husbands was Phil Donahue, who was a talk show host. If nobody is old enough to remember Phil Donahue, he was a talk show host. He was before Oprah. Me and was um, Drowning Mona. Huh? Drowning Mona with with um. He with, was in that, huh? He was in that. No, that's the first time I heard "Batter Husband." Oh, oh yeah, yeah. When the guy from the office, yeah, yeah, we're gonna need to come in. Uh, that guy, office space, yeah, Gary Cole. Gary Cole, he's abused. Yeah, 
And then when they're investigating the murder of his wife, I don't know if he killed her or not, but man, he's played his story and like she hits that fool with a frying pan in one of the scenes mm-hmm. and then he, he hits, he gets hit a lot by his wife mm-hmm. and then when he finally is telling him, he's telling that individual, he goes, I'm not sure to tell you this, but um, I was uh, with a better husband. And then he has tears in his eyes. And I couldn't stop laughing, man, because I never heard that before. Yeah. But then I thought about um, the frying pan at mm-hmm. home. Because there, there, there was a knife contest, mm-hmm. and uh, she, he didn't vote for her to win. <laughs> right, I remember that. And then he said, well, you, you know, you couldn't let me have that one? Yeah. Well, he had nice form, you know. Yeah. And then at home, he, he hit, she hit him with a frying pan. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my mom... Threw lots of things. She she broke our radio one time throwing it at him. I remember him cowering in the corner a lot. Like she's throwing shit at him. Most of was a lot of cartoons. I don't know. She threw a. That was getting hit like Jerry. No Tom. She, a radio. She threw a radio boom at box? him. Yeah, it was kind of a boombox, but not a fancy. It was just like a tape player and a radio. And it was in the kitchen. She listened to that when she was, I don't know, washing dishes or something. And she threw it at him across the room, and it shattered. There was another time. And she threw a fork at him, and he was over in the corner, and she threw a fork, and it landed in his side, and it stuck there. A fork. That's got to be really hard to stick in your body because it's not sharp like a knife. Like How a far was your knife. mom? She's in the, probably back by that patio door. That was the kitchen door. And then she threw he that fucking fork like a dagger. She did. She threw it, and it landed right in his, like his love handle. But um, and it got stuck. It got stuck. She sharpened that I shit. I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, through that shit, I got pitched for. But like, I was in the kitchen. I was in the <clears> kitchen <throat> with her, so I was at her her level. I remember seeing from that angle. But my brothers were on the couch, like watching it happen in front of them. But I don't think they were paying attention. But um, my dad was abused a lot, and my mom. I really don't know what, why. She was mad all the time. I really don't. Um, sometimes she thought he was cheating or something, but he was. there was never any time for him to cheat. There's no way. He did these odd jobs because he was a construction worker, but he wasn't making any money. He, was, he wasn't working at one point. And, of course, my mom broke him down emotionally and verbally at home about you know not being able to provide for his family, too. Yeah. And what a piece of shit he was and all this stuff. Your mom did that? Yeah. Like you can't provide the for your family? That's the first uh, first way to break him down. Yeah. She just pushed all those buttons and then made him think. Never going to be shit. Yeah. And never and made him think that he she was the best thing that could ever happen. Those always hurt because you're hearing it from somebody who you think loves you. Yeah. Until you, like, you know. And then, yeah. So the verbal stuff starts first and then the physical stuff. It, it progresses just like a regular, you know, female battery. Um relationship and uh or a battered woman relationship but it's sad because cops people who have shelters and things like that for abused women they don't understand or they didn't back then for sure they didn't understand or believe these guys you know when it happened and it's not as common as you know abused wives but it is, it isn't rare, you know, and we know someone who works at the Peace Over Violence, which is an organization we, um, we donate to each year. They help, um, 
they help people escape those situations at home. Men and too? Men too. And children, um, incest, rape, that sort of thing. There's an anonymous hotline. And, um, but it's peaceoverviolence.org is their website. And they do good work. And they, they help f- families and couples uh, with conflict resolution and parenting skills. They work with Homeboy a lot too, Homeboy Industries. And they, um, they help people es- basically escape those situations anonymously. And they'll set them up with, oh, you know, they don't even know. When they send somebody off to one of those shelters or homes, safe houses, they, even the organization doesn't know where they end up because they don't want to be in a position where somebody could get that information out of them. So it's completely private. And, um, but that didn't exist back then for men. It just, they didn't believe it was happening. They didn't understand it was happening. But there are men who come with their children to that peace over violence and they need help. Really? Because mm-hmm. the woman that they're with is just... Psycho. That's it. But it's it's more than that. My, I don't know. I'm not prepared to talk about it all today. But yeah, it's it's um it's a big it's a big part of my life and the sadness. And I understand now as an adult, I put myself in his shoes and I understand why he left. It makes total sense. And I don't think he had the wherewithal to think. Let me take my kids too. He thought she wouldn't turn on us, but she did. Me especially. I think because I reminded her most of my dad. So I got the brunt of her abuse after he left. And it was bad. But it's, it's something to see your dad go through that. It certainly colors your world about men, you know, for a long time. And yeah, actually, that was six foot five. He could have just killed her and everybody. I'm surprised he didn't. Because I think that it was, was next. It was. I know. I don't. I think if he hadn't left, he might have. It, it might have been a. Window. It might have been a murder suicide situation. Oh, it would have been sadder. And um, not, maybe not just her, <clears throat> maybe us too. But I'm surprised it didn't end like Burning Bed or something. Did you ever watch Burning Bed? Yeah, did. Farrah Fawcett. Man, like it. It felt like that at times. Like that? Yeah. And uh, and I, I, looking back now, I can see how easily he could have just killed Snapped. everybody. Yeah. But you're either going to snap or you're going to crumble or you're going to leave. And he left. And I think it was the best choice. I really do. And uh, But it was tough because the day he left, um, my mom picked me up. My mom was very controlling, too. So she had the verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, and control. She kept his license every day. She didn't let him have his license and take it with him. We only had one car because we could only afford one car. So she drove him to work every day and picked him up. And she would pick him up from work and then pick us up from school. So he was always in the car. Except one day he wasn't. And I... I was excited that day because I had gotten this medical book and my dad and I had always talked about me being a doctor and uh, I was excited to show him because it had been... Oral doctor. (laughs) No. Because it wasn't in the library for a long time at school. It was the kind of medical book where they have like the vellum, um, like the human body drawing and then they have sheets of clear vellum over the body and you can lift and there's like the skeletal, there's like the muscular system and the 
the circulatory system and then the skeletal system. You know, if you pick up each layer and then just bones are showing or just the blood vessels are showing, you know, I don't know if you know that I, sort of. Thing. I know, but anyway, it was I a really, really cool book. I I do. <laughs> it was a really cool book, and um, so I finally got to check it out that day, and I brought it home to show my dad, and I was excited we were going to look at it together, and then he wasn't in the car, and I said, "Where's dad?" And my brothers were getting in the car, and she said, "Shut up." Shut up. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And I said, "Okay." So then we drove around a little bit kind of aimlessly and then uh about an hour later we ended up at my dad's work site and she made me go up to the foreman the foreman's trailer on the work site and uh ask if my dad was there and i said okay well maybe he's working late or something i don't know so i knocked on the trailer door and he opened up the door and i said is my dad here and he said no your dad uh took his check early and left after lunch. And I said, really? Okay. That was weird. Yeah. Right? Where did he go? So I went back to my mom and I told her. And she got so angry. Then um, we, went to, we went to a grocery store or something like that afterward. And she told me and said, this is just between you and me. Don't tell your brothers. Um, but I think your dad left. Ran away is what she said. Ran away? Ran away. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, I don't know where he is. There are no cell phones or anything back then or any of that. And she said, um, she said he called my grandmother in Ohio. And my grandmother had called her right, bef right before the work, his shift was over, right? But he had been gone probably about three hours by that time. But anyway, so he called right before his shift was over, called my grandmother in Ohio. My grandmother. Your father called? My father called from wherever he was, a pay phone somewhere. Called my grandmother and told her that he had left and to take care of the kids. You know, please watch out for the kids. So my mom told me that he called my grandmother and said he ran away. And my grandmother called my mom and told her. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I wasn't allowed to tell my brothers what was going on, but all of a sudden I started crying and I couldn't stop crying. You knew? Yeah. She told me right then, but they weren't around. They were like down the aisle at the store. And then she bought me like a box of donuts or cinnamon rolls is what she bought me. All those big packs of cinnamon rolls, you know, like as a treat, I guess, to not say anything. And then what she told my brothers, well... Later, she didn't say anything to my brothers yet, but they didn't know why I was crying, and I couldn't tell them why I was crying. But you I couldn't, couldn't tell them how sad. And I couldn't tell them why I was crying, and I couldn't stop crying. And then, and I'm eight years old, younger than Isaac. You were eight. I was eight. Wow. So my brothers were six and eight. That's a lot. Six to take. and four. Yeah. So then we get uh, we got home, and I was we lived in an apartment then in Colorado. And I was sitting in front of the picture window waiting for my dad to come home. I figured maybe he went out with a friend, which he never did. But maybe he went out. He wasn't allowed to have he friends. He wasn't allowed to. No, he never went out. He wasn't allowed to have friends. He didn't have one friend outside of work at all. And he never went out. He never left the house without my mom except to go to work. She didn't even let him brush his teeth sometimes. And um, Can't be looking cute. 
I know. That's exactly what it was. My dad was a handsome man. You know, I don't know who she thought he was going to be flirting with. I don't know. She was crazy. But. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Chase. Chevy dad, Chase, dad, yeah. bullshitting. You look like Chevy Chase in that movie. <clears throat> oh, so I'm waiting there. Thinking, You're waiting for him. Thinking maybe one of his friends is going to bring him home. And so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting at the window. And he never showed up all night. And I had to go to school the next day, like still go to school. I think that was a Monday. And I had to go to school the next day. And and you had that project due, right? No. Oh, I thought you and your dad, your dad were supposed to No, it wasn't a project. project. It, was just, it was just a book that I wanted to get because I was into anatomy. I used to watch Nova and PBS and like surgical shows and stuff. And I really thought I was going to be a doctor. And he wanted me to. He liked that. My dad was smart. He just... Never had the opportunity to learn, but he taught himself a lot of stuff with books. And um, he was a smart guy. But he, um, so anyway, he never showed up, and I'm waiting, and, and I had to go to school the next day. And uh, I had a lot of problems that year holding that stuff in. I made up lies, so many lies. I lied that. My mom was getting remarried, and I was going to be the flower girl in the wedding, and all this stuff. It was weird. Who you told that to? Friends. That's weird. For no reason. And then I would cry. I would have bouts of crying in school, fourth grade, and then uh, third grade. Yeah. And then I had to go see the school counselor. My teacher sent me to the school counselor because of it. So your mom made you lie? No, she didn't make me make those lies. She she made me keep the secret from my brother, which I just learned last year that she never cleared up that lie for them. So all this time, their whole 30-some years on the planet, um, they, don't know. they didn't know that my dad left because he was being abused. They thought he was, what she, the lie she told them was that he went up to Vail, Colorado, like closer to the mountains, to work on a job, and he just never came back. And they just stopped asking where he was eventually. But they, I guess... They were, all, they were little, like younger than five? Six and four when he left. But the lie just went on, and then they stopped asking where he was. And then they just got used to not having a dad around. And then I never told. But I figured that's my mom's job to tell, because I thought she was going to come clean with them at whatever never time. never came clean at all? Never. And I didn't find that out till last year when Johnny started asking me questions. So your brother never asked? Not after that. And when they find, I bet when they finally met him, they were like very resentful. Oh, yeah. Very resentful. Yeah. To this day, my younger brother won't listen to what I have to say about it because um, he doesn't remember it. But I've, I still have to talk to him about it because I don't know if my younger brother, my middle brother has told him the details of what happened because he doesn't remember the details. I told him and it cleared a lot of things up, but I think it gave him closure too and, um, and allowed him to forgive my dad, which is so important, you know, in, in getting better for us too and also for my dad. But... David, my youngest brother, just, um, I haven't told him the lie <laughs> yet. And, uh, I, I don't know if he'll listen, but I didn't know that 
they still, I didn't know that they still thought that, that, <laughs> that but, um, thought what? I didn't know that they still thought that, that my dad just went on a job and decided not to come back. Oh, to avail. Yeah. Some job to avail, this fake job to unveil Colorado. And, uh, I don't, th- I thought that my mom had cleared it up for them, but she never did apparently. But I just learned that last year. I was shocked. I said, what do you mean? He, he said, why do you think Dad left? So your brother had no idea. He, he didn't remember. He remembered fights. He remembered my mom being violent, just angry and evil at, at a certain point in her life. And he remembered that stuff, but he didn't remember the abuse. And he didn't know that that's where my dad left because he couldn't take it anymore. And my mom um, never cleared it up for them. She just let them believe that. And as a mother, I can't imagine never being honest with your kid about that. You know? You got to tell them something. You have to. I mean, it made two guys. it, It created two very troubled guys who surprisingly are great fathers and they're great fathers and husbands and family men you know they want family they crave family but um it made them angry <laughs> angry young men bitter 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 and um but they're great with their, their kids right they're great with their kids but i'm talking about holding in anger and having it explode like, i know that deep down inside as a young teenager, they like they want that, they still want that nurturing for themselves. Like yeah, they, and I, they crave that relationship. And both of them had great relationships with their fathers-in-law, with their husbands. I mean, with their wives' um, dads. That ended up being like a, a great fatherly relationship for both of them. But I don't. I really don't. Now that I know that my mom didn't come clean about that lie, then I have to tell Dave. I have to tell my youngest brother what happened for real, so that he understands. And is able to forgive and move on himself, you know, because I think it's holding him back from. So, to, to them, they just think that your dad just left because he didn't want to be there. He, he didn't want to be with family. Yeah, yeah, it's not it at all. And then he went on to have two kids with another woman later, many years later. The girl looks like you, huh? The girl looks a lot like me. He went on to have these kids with some other woman, and um, he's still with her. No, no. But my mom won't give him a divorce. My mom won't give my dad a divorce either. She wants to keep that social security. Yeah, I'm, I have a feeling that might be my mom's motive as well. But That's why my dad works under the table. <laughs> my, my dad did too. <laughs> She's going to be surprised that there's nothing there. She goes to collect. But yeah, my uh, my I, she won't give him a divorce and she won't. He doesn't know where she lives and all that stuff. And he doesn't want anything to do with her. I think he could file... He's probably for divorce scared. in the newspaper, but I don't think he wants to announce where he is or anything, you know, because you have to put it in your local newspaper. There's there are some states which will allow a divorce that way. Um, they'll allow you to post it in the newspaper for a couple weeks straight. You you, you got to post divorces on a newspaper. It's a, not posting a divorce. It's posting. This is if you can't find the person, but you kind of know what state they live in, you know. Yeah. Or what city? It depends on the state, but there are some states which will allow you if you're getting, if no, if this person won't 
uh, give you a divorce, an uncontested divorce, they refuse to sign or whatever, then you can post in their local paper and say, like a little decree, I so-and-so hereby divorce so-and-so. There's some other legal language you have to put in the little post. But it's like a classified ad. Even if they don't see it, the fact that you ran it in the paper is all you need. But again, it depends on the state. I think it doesn't work in Florida and some other weird places that have strange laws. But anyway, she won't give him a divorce, so he never got married to that woman with the other kids. But they're still friends after their breakup, and he still is a good parent to these other two kids. Yeah. And these kids see him as so different from what we were told about our dad, you know. I already knew my dad was, you know, a funny guy and a you know, great dad while he was there, but I don't have much of a memory of him specifically, like, other than being very sad most of the time, you know, working hard. But he seems to be a um, good guy all around, and it's too bad what happened to our family. Still working? Yeah, well, he's kind of back in the woods. He's, he feels like uh, he has trouble connecting with people, and he doesn't trust anybody, and I don't blame him. You know, from what he went through, it's almost like POW camp, you know, <laughs> it's like torture every day. And then you get out and you don't really know how to interact with people in a normal fashion, you know. So anyway, he works like IT and stuff, but he also is situated in the backwoods and he does most of that IT work from home. And then he has like a little farm. I don't think it's his. I think he works for somebody on a little farm in exchange for his house and stuff like that. I don't know too much about it. We don't talk. We haven't talked in six years. Anyway, that's another part of my story. There you have it, people. <laughs> Lisa heavy, Esparza. This is a heavy episode. Very heavy. Very emotional. Very emotional. We lost our baby. Yeah. Our little seed <laughs> didn't we sprout. Lost our seed. We sprouted, just didn't grow. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I thought he was going to just say um, that I the doctor was going to just tell her what sex he was, but I wasn't expecting the horrible news. Yeah. We couldn't start trying again. All right, people. <clears throat> We've got to wait till the baby passes, the miscarriage passes, and then and then once it passes, uh, probably four to six weeks after that. Mm. I mean, four to six weeks after that, I'll be able to get pregnant again, you know, be fertile again. All right. Dates or nothing? Uh, yeah, okay, let's give dates. We should end with Niño Perdido. I will. And now, Niño Perdido <laughs> by Banda Sinaloense. This, uh, first, let's talk about some dates. The dates, uh, Felipe's upcoming shows in March, March 3rd through the 6th at Irvine Improv in Irvine, California. Then you have a corporate event in Denver, which I have to book travel for now. Then you have March 17th through 20th at Tampa Improv. Tampa, Florida. Ebor City. Ebor City. And then uh, April 1st, New York City at the Hot 97 Comedy Jam. Hot 97 in New York City. It's going to be at the theater at Madison Square Garden. And you are part of a lineup, crazy lineup, like Tracy Morgan. I think D. Ray Davis is on it. Bunch of people. Mike Epps. Mike Epps was... Listed, but there was a little star next to his name. I don't think he was confirmed. A bunch of other people, though. bunch of people. But Tracy Morgan is hosting. And I'll be going up second. <laughs> He'll probably be going up second. 15 minutes of fun. I think Dion Cole might be on it, too, maybe later. But, yeah, it's going to be probably like a 15-minute set. But 
it'll be a great show. And it'll probably last a long time, that show. We'll probably just do our set and go enjoy New York. What do you think? Yeah. You want yeah. to stay for the whole show? No. Uh, well, I don't think so. I'd rather just take photos with all the comedians yeah. that are there just to get, get that photo down yeah. before my set and after. Yeah. Get get settled right away, Get of our course. check, yeah. And, and then from there, take off. Yeah, I'm down for that. There's a couple of guys from New York that came to the show in Levity, a couple of East Indian guys that they say they they're, they play music and they own an Indian restaurant. Oh, down on 6th Street? Yeah, Sanjay. Yeah. I'm going to show you that whole street. That's what, I'll show you where I used to live, and I'll show you the whole 6th Street Indian restaurants. I hope nothing's changed. I could show you around. Area. I've been there a lot more times. What are you talking about? I lived there for nine years. Um, so you're gonna, we're going go to go get to the day before? Yeah, I'm going to try to get there the day before or the night before. We should do an inch, we should take our our yeah. we should the casserole yeah. podcast from New York. Yeah, from a couple different spots. Yeah. yeah, we should walk around talking. We'll move around, we'll restart. We'll say, "Okay, now we're having lunch at this place or whatever." And we'll get a lot of background noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. So, anyway, New York trip coming up. I haven't been there in <sighs> 9 years. How old is Isaac? 12? 12. I haven't been there in 13 years. I left after I left in 2003. I never I never. I've been to Manhattan, of course. That's the main spots I ever go to. But you go. You stay in Midtown most of the Midtown. time. Midtown. And I've been to Bronx. Yeah. I stayed in those apartments. I've been to Queens just to buy drugs, <laughs> and I got back on a cab. I'll and, show you uh, all the little spots, and I'll show you the the Dakota where Yoko lives, where John Lennon was shot. Oh yeah. Did, wanna, did you ever go over there? No. I'll show you that. And then his little imagine circle, which is right inside Central Park, right down the path from her house or their apartment. The Dakota's the big apartment building on the corner of uh, 72nd and Central Park West. I'll tell you where I did go. Where? When I went to um, <clears throat> last year to do that show in D.C., which I am going to Arlington, right? Arling- You're going to Arlington Draft House in July. Arlington Draft House in July. Well, when I went to do that show in D.C. July 29th and 30th. 29th and 30th. Drive house. In Arlington, Virginia. I went over there to um, Georgetown and Marcella and oh, yeah. Rodrigo. To, no, Rodrigo didn't go. He wasn't there. It was just me and Marcella Arguello. Chris, oh, no, 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 because Martin hosted. No, it, yeah, Rodrigo was still flying in. Oh, that's right. To D.C. Yeah. We, so we were, we were killing time. We went to go to those... To those steps where they filmed the exorcist, oh, yeah, where, the, yeah, yeah. where they threw the priest out the window. Mm-hmm. There's some lot of steps, man. Yeah, you guys took a picture back to back, right? Yeah. I remember that one. That, I like, that's what I like doing when I go out of town. I know we're going to keep going here, though. <laughs> we got to go. <clears throat> we got to go, people. Enough of the tourists. Yes, um, we're very sad right now. Emotional. <laughs> I think I'm going to get sad every time I think about it, like, or, or, Isaac got sad, huh? Yeah, Isaac cried. He was sad. He yeah. was very sad. It made me sad. It made me sadder at that point because he felt he knew my pain. He said, "I'm so sorry." Well, I love you. I love you too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>